Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Securing Bridges podcast. You're about to join Alyssa Miller as she sits down with senior and executive security leaders to share stories of success and failure while working across business teams. It's time to build and secure the bridge to the business. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Well, that was interesting. I wanted to be like, that was great music. The music was great, and I just decided to quit. So hey, everybody, (laughs) welcome to Security Version. It's starting off like, very odd already. It's (sighs) me. Can, Can we blame you? All right, well, let's get into this. So, hey, everybody, it's Securing Bridges. I'm Melissa Miller. We're back with you once again for another amazing, amazing, amazing episode. If you haven't checked out the other 40, I'm way behind and really got to get on it. So, come on, check them out. But wait, stay here, watch this one, because we got another amazing guest. And then you can go back and watch all the others. Yes. So, hey, we're here. We are talking about the connection between the business and the security people. How do we talk to the rest of the world who aren't security people? That's what Securing Bridges is all about. And once again, oh, this is the this is the best. I have the amazing, amazing, amazing guest. So you may have noticed, but if you didn't, my guest this week is my sister from another mister. It's Liz Miller. Hey, Liz. Hey, listen, it's so great to be here. I cannot tell you how obsessed I am with the purpose of your show. Like, I love it. 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 I, oh my gosh. We're, we're going to talk more about it, but I love it. I think it's great. I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, so some folks out there, I know it's hard to, hard to believe this, but some might not know who you are. So let's talk a little bit about you. Should we start first. there? Tell us, tell Let's us who start you are, there. What you do. Oh gosh, it's the what I do and who I do it for. I guess is the is the starting point. Well, you so always what you do. If Let's I'm go going there. To go there, but I know. Let's do it. You can you can offer so, that up to others. Can. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey, everyone. My name is Liz Miller. I am a VP and Principal Analyst at Constellation Research. I have the very distinct honor of getting to look across this crazy world of technology uh, that we get to get tossed into the deep end of. Uh, And I cover primarily areas around customer experience. So think of it like uh, the three horsewomen of the apocalypse, sales, service, and marketing, all riding together towards an unsuspecting, well, usually person. Uh, But customer experience is where I spend most of my time. But then I take this really crazy left turn uh, because I have this really crazy background where I've had really been fortunate in my career to work with all shapes and sizes of security vendors and organizations out there, trying to help them with their marketing, trying to help them with business strategy, kind of how to communicate uh, what their technologies do, um, sometimes telling them, no, your technology does not, in fact, do what you think it does, uh, which is always a fun conversation. <laughs> so that has kind of brought me to this crazy spot where I really spend part of my time and part of my research looking at this wacky intersection point between our capacity and drive to deliver great customer experiences and the reality of how that impacts our security posture. And what does that start to look like? Because I think a lot of times 
for organizations, we forget that one directly impacts the other, right? We forget that a lot of times what drives that relationship with a customer, and we love to talk, you know, in, in marketing world, we love to talk about squishy things like delight and experiences and journeys, but we forget that it's all based on trust, right? And trust has become this weird amorphous word that we use in every single marketing deck that you've seen out there. But there's a fundamental trust that our customers have every time they do business with us, right? Like, hey, I came to your site and I decided to download a PDF and I gave you all this information. There's a trust level there that someone's not going to do something shady with that information, right? So it's little areas of trust like that. Then it's big areas of trust. Like I'm giving you my credit card number. So I think that a lot of times folks in CX, we don't necessarily know what's happening in the world of security. We don't know why the land of no tells us, well, no, you can't do that. Um, so I, I am so excited to be talking to you, right? Because you get it. 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 And I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, so yeah, that's me in a weird nutshell. I'm going to realize <laughs> in this moment that I have trust issues because if I'm giving all that information to download a PDF, right, I'm not giving you any real information. <laughs> I can promise you that. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I can tell you as a marketer, there are so many times that I can think of in my time that I would get that like readout of everyone who downloaded the PDF. And there was always like Daffy Duck at Quack Quack Way. Um, I can't tell you how many times Barry Allen has downloaded a, you know, a report or Clark Kent has given Bruce Wayne's address in Metropolis. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like the vast majority of people, especially if you're a technology vendor, no one wants to give you that information. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there are also lots of silly things that we do. Like, um, there was this weird time period, I want to say in like 2015, 2016, when CMOs got corporate credit cards at the same time when SaaS vendors really just wanted to sell things easily via credit card. So we went out and bought all this stuff and we created this thing that sat in the corner and it was a stack ish looking thing <laughs> that I just re lovingly refer to as the Frankenstack. And then we went to our CIO and our CISO partners and we're like, my toys don't work. You know, <laughs> please, cause I have no idea what it does. Yeah. Right. You know, like, oh, I don't understand why I can't let my little weird thing that I bought from a company online hook into that thing that you guys are building, like a data lake. Can I just, they, can I just stick a straw into it? SAML thing? I'm not sure what right. that is, but can you help me out? Yeah, uh, yeah totally. Totally. Right. And then they, then they I've heard these conversations like, hey. before in my life. I'm just making this all up. I right. <laughs> right. And then, then, then the marketer comes back to the team and it's like, oh, that CISO didn't let me play with my toy. Let me go buy a different toy. And you're like, no, please don't well, do what's that. What's frustrating <laughs> is they usually are the ones that have all the budget. That's like, true. But I mean, isn't that like the security side? Like, hey, you want to buy something? I got all sorts of things I can let you buy. Please. Right. But oh, that's yeah. like the really cool part about having the conversation where you actually start to speak in that same language, right? You all speak, everyone speaks in the language of yes. Everyone speaks in the language of hey, you know, we could actually combine forces and do better things. Um, and we could buy bigger and better things. You could actually get your data faster if I had this over here, right? Like, if you stopped buying your own shadow IT weird Siam solution that you think is an identity solution, but totally isn't because it's a rebranded DMP advertising tool, I bet we could get a lot farther in this. Like, You, you mean that, like, if we... 
used some of the same tools that we already had that would like work better. Okay. Or maybe, maybe, wait, 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 we could do that. <laughs> we could tell right. IT and security what it is that we need. We want, yeah. And let them craft what they buy to help support us. Yeah. You know, and, and what I always tell people, and it's, it's, it's like, I feel like I, I'm like walking through hallways, like bonking heads together, <laughs> like for funsies. Um, because it's, it's like that moment when you decide, when you sit down at a restaurant and you look at the menu, there's two ways you're going to go. You're either going to do that weird thing where you look and think that you know all the ingredients on the full menu that the lovely maitre d' has handed you, and you're going to look at that poor waiter and say, I'd like the salad, but I'd like you to take all the ingredients off the salad, and I'd instead like all these other ingredients on my salad, okay? You don't do and that? And then when you, everybody yeah, when you get that thing for dinner, and you're like, I, this isn't what I ordered, so there's that route. Or you, you just described it. every software development shop ever. Right, right. You're like, mm, I don't know what that is. I know. I'll put it in a container and it won't hurt anyone. Right? Like, I'm a magical <laughs> unicorn with ops behind my name. I'll stick it in a container. container. No one will know. I'll stick it in the back of the fridge. Right. It's not like, going to hurt anybody. Got, this is totally. the best metaphor for Docker ever. I'm, I'm, Oh, oh my God. Oh. I am so oh, on this yeah. right now. Just, we're going to put it in the back, right? Because it's containerized now. It's fine. Wow. There's nothing wrong in containers. Mold doesn't grow in a container. You've never had to throw away that food before. It's, true. it's fine. It's totally fine. It's in a container. It must be awesome. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. It's totally fine. So and when I'm done with it, I just throw it away. And you're like, all right. And you're like, now I want pasta. You're like, oh, for the And that poor waiter is just sitting there like, I'm actually a chef. I could actually make you something awesome if you just told me what you liked. Like, if you just um, told me what you wanted. You know, this this is amazing. First of all, I don't think we've ever had this level of sarcasm and snark <laughs> in the first 10 minutes of any episode of this show. This has been amazing already. But I'm actually <laughs> digging this because it's kind of interesting thinking about it from, like, that, that, that server or chef perspective Yes. As like an IT leader or a, a CISO or whomever, because it does become a lot of how do we suss out what it is that they right. want in a way that then we can go to the chef and make sure that what comes out of the kitchen is the thing they want. It's it's almost like and and I always like when when people are like, oh, but they always tell me no. And they always I'm like, listen, there's a difference between how you treat the waiter and how you treat a sommelier. At least that's how I've seen it in most people in a restaurant, right? For some reason, people think waiters are just there to take the order. And so it's okay to just bark out and like, I want the pasta and I want an appetizer and I'm leaving room for the dessert, right? That's great. And a lot of organizations can be set up that way where you can go in and put the help desk ticket and I need a new laptop. Like for stuff like that, go talk to a waiter. But if you're really trying to craft a customer experience, you really want something that's driving your business forward, that's driving your profits forward, that's making your employees more efficient, like you're looking at that level of experience, time to talk to the sommelier. That's when you got to go to the CISO. You got to, like I tell every CMO I know, I need you to pick up the phone and I need you to ask two questions and two questions only. What do I do as a marketer and as an executive in this company that drives you, a security leader, absolutely insane? And be willing to listen to that question, right? Like be willing to listen and hear that answer. And then the second thing is, how can I help? 
How can I help not do it? Because here's what's on my list. Here's what's on my list of what I, what me and this entire team behind me, with me, next to me, is being mandated to do. And, and for most marketers and for most CX executives, it's pretty simple. It's make sure we're profitable. Make sure that we have a profitable, growing business. And so if you can go to your CISO and be like, listen, here's like, I got to go make money. I, I got to find new people to sell to. I got to find, you know, existing people to sell to. We're making money here. What do I do that, do that makes you absolutely crazy? And what can I do to help so that you become my partner in crime in making money? And, and it, it shifts the attitude about your CISO in an organization from you're not, oh, wait, oh, you're, you're not here to make sure that I can get past my two-factor authentication nightmare. Oh, you're not, oh, oh, you keep telling me to stop using CAPTCHA. I don't understand why. Those light posts are so cute. Like, I, I get it. So you're not here to, like, make my, make things friction, like, full of friction and harm. You're actually here for a purpose, too. And you can actually start a better dialogue. But in, but unless CMOs have that first question of what do I do that makes you crazy? Well, we're not going to get far. And I almost feel like this is, so this is one of the things I run into. I'm kind of curious about it. So the way you're kind of talking is, all right, I'm the, the marketing person consuming essentially the services of the CISO, right? And that, that's a typical right. situation in any environment. You've got the CISO is worried about corporate infosec and, and trying to make sure everything's secure. You got the marketing team is trying to innovate and sell products. And a lot of times there's that clashing of heads um, just because, you know, marketing needs technology. CISO saying, look, that, that's not the way we can implement this. We got to do it differently, whatever, you know, or the CISO is one of those that's just going to stand there and say, no, you must, thou must do this right. or the other. Um, by the way, to CISOs who do that, you suck. Um, <laughs> point blank. Um, again, the snark today, it's just there. We're full on with it, but that's all right. Yeah, we're, we're here. We're here for it. Here's the thing. I'm curious that if you've played with this before, because it's something that I've tried to do a couple times now in a couple different organizations, and it, 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 it's a su surprising struggle. What about leveraging the CISO, especially if you're a security vendor. Oh, God. What about leveraging your CISO to actually understand who it is that you're trying to sell oh. to? What about oh, using their like network a... to connect with new business opportunity? I'm, I'm opening a can of worms right now for us These to enjoy and partake let those, in. Let those worms um, They're desperate. Oh, boy. Wow. You you went for it. You went for it. So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle one thing, and then we're going to tackle this can of worms. Yes. Here's the thing that I want. Like, <laughs> if there is any CMO or any CISO who's watching this, here's the thing to remember. We've done this successfully before. We've forged this partnership. We've made this work successfully before. We made it strategic. We made it so it wasn't just about the plumbing. We made it so it wasn't just about meeting a date or meeting a regulatory demand. And companies that did it well found that they were in a very different posture to execute customer experiences three, five, 10 years down the road, GDPR. Remember when GDPR came out? Like, remember when it was like, oh my God, the world is... so. IT and security was far more <laughs> out of the ball than the rest of marketing, right? IT security is like, oh, crap, I have GDP. Oh, God, like all of Europe's locking down. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? We got to figure out where everything is. Let's figure out where the pipes are going. Marketing's still over there like, 
emails. Like we were sending things out like it was not anyone's. Like it was just great. Like spray and pray all day long, everybody. And then all of a sudden, compliance date was like looming. We were like a year away. And all of a sudden, every CMO sat up and was like, oh, oh, I think this might have something to do with me. Like I better, <laughs> I better go, damn. Like this might impact me some way or somehow. And so we kind of all had to reshuffle the deck. And the organizations that I saw really sit down and really have like the CDO, like the chief digital officer, the CIO, the CISO, the CMO, bring in customer service. Let's figure out where all of this can go horribly, horribly wrong and bring everyone around the table and be like, okay, what are you trying to protect? And, and I remember it very distinctly because I, I remember sitting in with a company kind of going through a lot of these issues. And it was actually the CISO that was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everyone just keeps saying the word data and we're all defining it differently. Like I'm hearing 90 million different definitions when y'all say data. So, whoa, like we need common definitions. We need common schema. We need common language. And they really sat down and turned it into this really robust strategic discussion around fundamentally, what is our company promising to do? Like this isn't just compliance. This is actually going to be a completely new way that we are going to reach and engage our customers. And it was a joint conversation where they could architect it from the ground up and go to the CEO and go to the board with one strategy, one set of tools, and one agreed policy of like, hey, we're all going to do this together and we've all chipped in budget. Like this wasn't just a, oh, hey, no, you bought the GDPR plugin from the thingy over there on the server with the flippy thing, right? It was, this is a whole new strategy. This is where we're coming from. Everybody puts in pieces of the budget. And because everyone had skin in the game, there was no running off in a different direction. And I think that that's a really great template for what we're heading to now. If we want to all agree that we're in an experience economy, we have to fundamentally have that stra str strategic conversation again, right? Of, okay, this is what experience means to me. Hey, CIO, what does it mean to you? And oh, hey, CISO, how does this completely rock your world, right? Like, how do we, how have we made this impossible for your team to function? And I think that those conversations are going to happen more and more because as more people quit, quite frankly, because they don't, just don't want their jobs anymore of looking at 90 million alerts, right? And then looking at all that, we got to do something, right? And, and I think that the, the best place to often do that is to have that frank discussion. And hey, if it happens over a beer, great. I'm not encouraging anyone to go and like drink heavily, but I'm saying like go in and have the conversation with your CISO. Listen to the answer, right? And be like, oh my God, what's in your day? I can't tell you how many CMOs don't know what a CISO does. That might be a problem. Right. So that's a thing. Other can of worms. No, Other can of worms. Mm. How, how bad vendors. Yeah. It's, it's wildly important, right? And I mean, you, you brought up a great example of there are bazillions, bazillions. Like, I think that's the official terminology for this 100%. of security vendors out there. It gets even bigger when you want to lump in, let's take <laughs> security, identity, right? So, you know, you want to take security, I am, Siam, privacy. All of a sudden, we're dealing with a multi-layer ball of wax. Yeah. Oddly enough, not a lot of them talk to their CISO. Oh, and by the way, then add cloud native, because if you haven't seen oh, their big chart, no, their big what? chart is even worse than the cybersecurity big chart. I, mm, 
You really <laughs> want to see something fun? You really want to go have a really great day? Um, so every year there is a group and he's wonderful. He's this wonderful guy. He puts out a thing called the MarTech landscape. It, like the, the MarTech, it's, it's, it's this MarTech stack. Like here are all the vendors in the world of marketing technology. Scott Brinker. He's lovely. He's wonderful. I've known him for a really long time. But this year's MarTech stack is 11,000 vendors. And I already caught about a hundred that were missing. <laughs> 11,000 solutions that marketers can go buy many with their credit cards. Okay. So 11,000 solutions. And half the time I wonder, like, did half of these vendors go and talk to their CMO? <laughs> okay. Did you need this? Because and I see it all the time with CISOs, right? It's every time a security vendor comes to me and is like, oh, we think our marketing is awesome. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. If your splash page of your website has the words um, trust in giant white letters that in some way moves across a screen, and if that screen is also filled with faceless hoodie guy, we're not talking anymore. You know who I'm talking about, right? Like you know, know faceless hoodie guy. You know I faceless do. hoodie guy. I hate faceless hoodie guy. I hate that guy. Oh, that, the, the faceless hoodie guy is everywhere. He's doing everything. Face, oh, faceless hoodie guy. Like my favorite is like you just walk through. Like next time you walk through the show floor of like Black Hat, just think to yourself: we could just find that one dude in that gray sweatshirt because it's the same stock image that everyone uses. Except our jobs are done. Like a bazillion of those people, you'd be running. It'd be like right. I mean, it's the same dude though. It's like literally the same image from like a different angle, and he's faceless. And he's got a gray hoodie on. He's like, so if we could just find that basement, if we could just find that mom's basement in which faceless hoodie guy is hiding, well, we're all out of jobs, right? Like we're good. Yeah, but we're he's good. got that. He's got that really cool home lab with all of the racks of equipment. <laughs> Have you ever like, he's got a whole freaking data center in that basement? <laughs> he does. I love with no cooling. That's what I, like see, then I get real nitpicky because I'm like <clears throat> I'm just asking where's the expert? Because <laughs> that that's actually what's happening. That's what's going on. Right? That's, that's actually what's happening. happening. I, yeah, I, I think that I think that we lose sight. I think there's a lot of navel gazing. There's um right, hoodie guy. Oh, hoodie with logo guy. That but that's, that's usually good. the marketing, that's the marketing sales tactic, right? Like hoodie yeah, with logo our logo on black hoodie guy. Right. Hoodie right. Guy. Oh. Or then there's an added one. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add a new guy there, which is um I'm just gonna call him sales bro guy, um, with the sleeveless Patagonia puffy vest. Right. So a sleeveless Patagonia puffy vest guy can come up and sell you the right thingamabobber, then faceless hoodie guy disappears. It's just that easy. See, and, I was going to ask I mean, you the question, what do marketers do that frustrates you? I'm already getting the answers. This is amazing. Yeah. What do marketers do that frustrate me? Um, oversimplification of really complex issues that usually involve people. I, I often find that pop. Yes pop that collar and have it be like the bulk shirt that you bought at Costco and everyone wears blue on Tuesdays. Mm. It's like, it's just a thing. Like I don't get it, but um, I think it's the oversimplification. I, I think that when I go and talk to security leaders and when I go and talk to those teams, when you're actually going in and being like, describe a day, 
And then it gets so crazy. And you're like, okay, well, let's simplify that. Maybe describe an hour. Like a day might be too much. Describe an hour of what it is that you have to do and you have to deal with. And the complexity of that, the number of systems that you've got to dig through. And then, then there's always that one team that's like, and then we have seven Excel spreadsheets. And you're like, oh, for the love of God, you're not managing your entire security infrastructure with Excel spreadsheets. Please tell me you're not. Right. So, and that's just an hour. So to oversimplify that chaos for something as critical as security into, oh, AI will do it. How going to open up those pod bay doors for me, right? Like, I don't know. Like, it's that, it's that oversimplification of like, our customers demand trust, so AI will deliver it. it, just, it that's not what people do. And, and so what I always encourage marketers and really anyone in the organization to do is sit down and really think about what it is your company does and then articulate what is it that your customer buys from you that they can't buy anywhere else, <laughs> right? It's never the product you sell. They can buy that anywhere. <laughs> They're gonna, you know, they can buy that anywhere. But what is it that your customer really buys from you? And it might be exceptional service. It might be, it might actually be trust. Who knows, right? But unless you can articulate that, you're you're always going to be chasing that oversimplification of message. So, am am I dreaming this? Because I feel like. And maybe, and I don't know if the marketing person is the right person to ask this, but I think you might have a different perspective on this than a lot of other people. I feel like more and more that space, like especially around security, we're, we're filled more and more with new, bright, shiny tools that are really like an incremental at best improvement <laughs> on something else that already has like 50 yeah. in the market. And they, they over-focus on this one almost meaningless bit of added functionality. Right. I, just, I feel like that happens more and more. Do you, is that, do you feel like that's a trend that's occurring? Yeah. It's not just security. It's everywhere. I'm going to be super honest. I mean, I think that it happens a lot in security and it happens a lot, quite frankly, in marketing because we tend to be the two parts of the organization that have so many different streams of data, of technology, of solution, but also of mandate and requirement and request that are coming into the two locations. There's also something really weird that happens in both marketing and security. Everyone thinks they know what our job is. Everyone. Everyone thinks they know. Like I've had so many people come up and I'm like, I would have been a great marketer. I'm really good at cocktail parties. Like I could just talk to anyone. <laughs> It's not what marketing does, right? Like, no, I mean, really I mean maybe security. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. Like, or when people come up and they'll be like, I could be really, I think I really could have a future in security. Like, I know how to change my password. And I'm like, did you change it from one, two, three, four to password one, two, three, four? Like, yeah. Okay. You're not in security. Yeah. And I, I sync them chilling. all up. They're all this. <laughs> so I remember them on every platform. Right. I put it on a sticky <clears> note, um, like the school in London that wrote it on their whiteboard and then turned the whiteboard to the window so everyone could read it as they're walking by the street like it's things like that where like they're like i totally understand security i mean i used a captcha again can you tell that my favorite thing is captcha like i love it anyway i love to pick on it we have, like, we have picked on it a couple times yeah it's like a thing right so but I, I think that because of that we end up in these situations where everyone wants to use the bright shiny thing chat to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed chat so 
what we're going to fix is the security. We're going to, we're going to fix the admin's ability to tell everybody it's not a problem through an email that can be deployed with ChatGPT. But we're not going to actually look at the problem, which is the, the, you know, the capacity to bring in live data to understand where we can see all those alerts. Right. So it's, it's, we're going to solve this little tail end problem. That's going to, and we're going to make it feel really big. We can get rid of half of your alerts just by sending out this email. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. In fact, you've probably just added 19 because everyone thinks there's not a problem now, right? So I think it's it's more about people being willing to have those open conversations, but kind of vendors getting a little bit called out on not listening. And I think that can happen a lot. I mean, uh, my job as an analyst, I would say probably half of my day is spent talking with my vendor side client saying, that is not what anyone has told you. That is that is not at all what anyone said in that room. Wow. Yeah, no, I don't know. Mm, that's not it. It's not it. So that's got to be interesting, though, because you actually have their ear, or I assume you do. Yeah. I, you know, um, God, I hope I do. I, and I can usually tell uh, when I do have <laughs> their ear and they're willing to listen, or if they are an organization that has come to an analyst firm to really affirm what they believe is true, right? Like you get the ones. Um, not to make a gross over over generalization about um, tech pros, but there's that group, let's say, that could be categorized as a as a bro. I'm just you know, it or just like happen to all look at the same. Um, Oddly enough, God, yes. Now that you mention it, so weird. But they they want to talk to you and they want you to sit back and go, wow. That was amazing. When in fact, you're like, so I've heard that pitch 19 times today and um, no one bought it the last time. I don't, because there's that lack of value there and there's a lack of real business value. And I think it's really easy. I think it's really easy for vendors to forget, especially, and let's, let's like just take security. It's really easy to forget that CISOs are actually strategic executives and leaders that have a seat at the table or should have a seat at the table that have a voice at the table should be heard at the table because their strategy and their advice is leading the business forward. But instead it's really easy to look at the CISO and say, go take my security order. Right. Again, yeah. it's the, let, let me, let me get the waiter and stick them in a container. Now to That's be fair. And I speak from not, me, but from my experience with other CISOs, there are a lot of CISOs out there who unfortunately perpetuate that because there oh, are a lot are... of CISOs out there who just yeah. have no concept of a security strategy and instead get locked in and wrapped around the axle of all these shiny new buzzwords. And, you know, yeah, my favorite one to just blast away at is zero trust, right? Like, oh my God, oh, God. God. this is my oh. this phrase kills me. We're going to implement zero trust. You don't implement zero trust. (laughs) Like I, mm, you've just hit one of my favorite TED. And then we wonder why companies like you know, I won't say their name. Never mind. I I can't. What Um, does it rhyme with? (laughs) It's the it's the name of a place in a certain state that you're very familiar with because you live there. Um. I know why they lock in on things and wrap yeah. their entire marketing and product strategy around zero trust. 
because yeah. we're going to sell yeah. you zero trust. Trust yeah. us to implement zero trust. To zero. And then, but then my favorite is then once they've sold you the zero trust, because now you've bought the things sold called zero trust, zero like a present. Trust. It's a present you're going to open and ah, zero trust. Oh, how did you know? Oh, yeah, like covered in glitter and dust. It's amazing. It's like when someone says, I'm going to sell you the metaverse. I'm like, <laughs> glitter cannon should explode everywhere. But yeah, zero trust. Now you've bought it and you're like, oh, I have it. It's going to taste delicious. And all of a sudden they're like, oh no, you can't just implement it. Silly, silly Padawan. You need to have certificates in it. But don't worry, I've got certificate programs. So now all of your people can understand zero trust. And then when you've done that, then comes the, oh, the rest of the business needs to get educated in zero trust. So imagine, if you will, for just a moment, sales bro, Patagonia puppy vest, sitting there, like getting the hair slicked back and up, having to take a zero trust seminar. Like this is the guy who's trying to game CRM by going in and cracking the data like it's not getting us anywhere and yes we see a lot of vendors going and doing that because if your sales sales start to slow what do you do you sell the service right yeah. if you if you can't sell the package and the cute box of zero trust my favorite is um when someone says zero trust i'm always like oh and so how easy is it to go ahead and put like the cleared list on there so everyone comes and then they go ahead and tell you and you're like then that's not zero trust they're like, oh, damn it. Like, it's like they got caught in their own, like, in their oh, own stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, it's, and we've seen this before, right? I mean, yeah. go back 10 years and try to get anybody to define what DevOps is, right? <laughs> There's a freaking right. book that two people <laughs> wrote on this. What de- yeah. They happen to be the two who, like, invented the term. Right. And, but nobody's read it. Nobody actually understands. Well, well, I shouldn't say that sounded wrong. Lots of people have read it. Nobody's actually internalized it and gone with it. The book is great, by the way. Love, you know, I mean, we go back to, you know, to that whole thing. I won't get into Patrick Dubois and and the whole nine yards of all that. Great stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, honestly, a, a, a very, you know, shaping moment in IT and software development that, by the way, because it's a strategy, right? It's about the strategy the boat on. thinking, right? Right. Oh yeah. But that was a oh no no no. I thought, oh, this is just this is just <laughs> letting developers have control of the production environment. That's zero. Right. That's DevOps. Let's let's let a let's let a shiny unicorn run through and poop in the field. It just like it. I like shiny but unicorns. then you're right. I love shiny unicorns too. I mean, what's not to love? But the fun thing is, then all of a sudden, we thought we thought, well, we could just take that and we'll just do it to security. We'll, you know what we're going to call them. SecOps. And then we're going to combine all the words because it sounds better if it's DevSecOps. And I'm like, that sounds like a disease. <laughs> and someone needs some penicillin. Because I just like that, that has to be something that gets cured. DevSecOps, like I don't like, does something fall off? Like I don't know. It just, it it's so dangerous in the thinking because, and again, it's that, it's it's almost like this weird juvenile binary thinking of if i flip this switch everything will be okay <clears throat> right so if i if i if i go in and shout to my security team hey op center it's okay you're sick ops now be agile and then well, you run away <laughs> now they're fusion yeah. centers they fuse oh. everything together 
or or they produce I, nuclear energy. I, I'm not sure which, but um, I I actually asked an organization that very proudly walked me through their headquarters one day, and they're like, "Oh, you got to see our network operations center." I'm like, "You're going to take me to see your knock?" Okay, sure. Okay, so you're going to have Let's a bunch protect. of you know monitors on a wall with all sorts of pretty stinky guys with yeah, right with a bunch of like stinky people that don't like sunlight. Okay, cool. Like I'm going to go see this. Fine, whatever. So I'm looking at it, oh, and they're like, on, "Oh, we're going to pick on the net out, folks." I'm, I'm married to one. It's cool. Like my that's husband, scary. he's like, "Let me go build a data center." So I love them. Like these are truly my people. I married into that tribe so I I'm, love I'm good with it people, to be fair I, I, really, I really love them do. they're amazing but here's my question to any CIO and CISO that's building these out why is it that your security operations team is like three buildings over and is not allowed to even communicate have visibility into know anything that's happening Shh, don't look over here it's the knock you know again it's this weird like corporate game of don't touch my button where everyone gets so oh, totally. afraid of like, no, 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 you can't see what's in our thing. And I'm like, so you don't think those two things are like remotely connected? Like one oh, thing has anything I, to I do with I grew up in this other. world. So, I mean, th this is the world I grew up in, where, you know, where our sock originally, so we have beautiful, <laughs> you know, command center where the network ops oh, yeah. and, and the you know, apps ops and everybody else were, everybody except... Now, and this was the thing was it was security did this to themselves. The SecOps people <laughs> who literally as far on the other end of the building as they could be from that command center Aww. had their room that only their people had badge access to. There were no windows. There was no way in, no way out except for one, which I still understand the fire code implications. Right. That, but that's that's a whole other thing. thing. Um, like they literally worked in a closet, right? But because that way they nobody else. And in fact, their manager had a question: "What's going on in there all day?" And started having to go in there to make sure they right. were actually working. Tetris, but Tetris. But they, the no, answer is all Tetris. about like yeah. this is our cool special realm. You can't see yeah. what's going on. These are our no, no. We can't talk about this super secret, very special, very, very, very important stuff. And it just, it, it amazes me when, you know, if, if, if what we're trying to do is play a better game of don't touch my button, cool, we're winning, can go home, like we are killing it. But if what we're trying to do, and I, I've yet to meet a security person that's like, my whole job is to stop stuff. Like, that's just not, like, I've never met a security professional that's like, yeah, I'm a shield. I'm going to stop faceless hoodie guy. Again, two of our favorite security <laughs> visuals. The big, strong shield. Always stop hoodie faceless hoodie guy. Right. Now there's like, lots I'm of faceless hoodie guys, and they're fancy pandas and things. Right. Like, I'm a, sh I'm a shield, and I'm going to stop stuff. Like, that's just not, I've never heard that. In fact, when I would start to have these conversations where you can bring a marketer into a room and bring a security leader into a room and be like, wow, okay, so... Did you realize that like a good number of the things that you're trying to stop are actually the things your customers are terrified of, right? Like, it, did you, did you realize there was a shared mission and purpose here? Now it can then come in and be like, none of you get to see the toys. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole weird left turn bridge over, you know, whether the C, whether the CIO wants to let us come play. But, you know, I, I, I often think that so much of this is, us not necessarily getting an opportunity to share what it is that 
our goals are, you know, I mean, and it's, that's whether it's with, you know, when, within our corporate confines or within life, you know, just take a gander at Twitter. People are trying to tell us lots of things, but I mean, I think that, I think it's about asking the right question up front and being willing to step back and accept that person's not attacking me for something like a CISO is not attacking me as a marketer for saying, Hey, we're being irresponsible with our data. We're being irresponsible with where we're collecting, what we're doing, how we're securing, what we're getting alerts on. We're being irresponsible with that. And that's what you do. That's not an attack. That's not them saying you're horrible at your job and you're a terrible marketer. I hate you. That's them saying, I need your help to let me understand why did you need all this stuff? Cause there might be a reason. There are a lot of marketers out there and you know who you are, that you're collecting stuff for no good reason. You're playing a weird data decathlon and no one gets a medal. So that's that. But, you know, there is stuff that actually happens. I'm loving this. I'm on the data decathlon team. Yes. Yeah. But I, you know, and this is all really, you know, from the, from the CISO side, it's like, look, and I've begged, literally, I, I kid you, I begged companies to like, can I please talk to you about your marketing message? Because it is so yeah. wrong. And yet you have a really good product that I could actually freaking help you sell. I'm the person you're trying to sell it to. Please let me share some information with you. And they say no. Because they, they don't push think it away. Support. I'm like, yeah. When I work for a vendor, if I had a CISO come to me and say, hey, can I can I help for free tell you how to market to me? Right. I would have flown them to anywhere in the world, put them up at the four seasons. I would have, I mean, that's gold, but yet I've, yeah, there are marketers out there who just don't want to listen to that. So how, yeah, how do, how can I, how can we, because we're getting close to having to wrap up. So I'm, I think this would be a good wrap up question. How can we, from the security side, in your opinion, of course, how can we start to better, execute those conversations to actually get heard and maybe help shape marketing. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's in our own best interest for Absolutely. marketers to do better in bringing these tools to market. Absolutely. Um, so my first thing would be um, try a compliment sandwich. It's, it's like a great, and this is for anything. This is whether you want to talk to a marketer, whether you want to like whatever you want in life, like always go in with a compliment sandwich. Like, Oh my God, loved that. It was so great. Like, I loved that you didn't use Faceless Hoodie Guy on your homepage. The image of the uh, freighter tanker with all the containers on top of it. Clearly, I mean, because I'm in a containerized environment. So clever. However, however, I would love for you, because you guys rock, to be even bigger, to be even better. Like, why is everyone taking your lunch? This is so weird. It's almost like you need that compliment sandwich to just break through the ice. I think okay. the other thing is, is that CISOs need to be talking with each other about this, about, hey, this is what we expect and this is what we demand, right? As, as a group, and then find your peer in marketing and both of you say it, right? Like, you're not helping my company if this tool doesn't work correctly. It's going to be that density of conversation and that because no vendor is going to hear because like half the vendors out there, I'm just gonna, let's be honest, like they're like, no, we're awesome. We're the greatest vendor. That's what I'm saying. I've literally responded. Now, granted, this is kind of falls into sales, but I've literally responded to some of these awful awful emails I get with a terrible marketing message and said, 
you know, here, here's everything that's wrong with what you just said. It sounds yeah. like you actually have a decent product, but here's what I don't, you know, what, what's problematic here. Yeah. And I've actually had them argue with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, they'll argue with you because what people, all people hear is you did this wrong. And I think that like the way I've actually gotten people to, and yes, actually get marketing people. And I think that is, and talk to actual marketing people, not branders. And those are totally different things. Um, okay. Branders, the email coordinator like that. If someone is a brander and they're super worried about their website, the color of their logo, where their advertising dollars went, that's not your person, right? That, that's not your person. Your person's going to be the one that's like, wait a minute, what about your job? And I, am I not understanding? If you're saying that this doesn't resonate with you, like it's going to be about that market maker. And that might be the chief digital officer. Like I would say worry less about title and worry about more about what territory they're covering. So if this is the person who's responsible for growth, chief customer officer, chief revenue officer, chief growth officer, chief experience officer, I don't care what you call them, call them the chief happiness officer for all I care. If that's the person whose job is to take the brand and your promise that that organization, that vendor is making and to deliver it into the marketplace so that it resonates and brings back opportunity to the organization. That person is a marketer. They just didn't know it. They're not in that brand, you know, they're not in that brand spot, but they're going to be the ones that are going to be open to that. And I think that those, I think those are the opportunities and those are the times to do it. But I think that it's, it's going to be find the companies that do it really well and champion them. Right. Um, Cause there are, they're going to be for every 10. And unfortunately it is this ratio for every 10 bad emails from 10 questionable vendors to get, you're going to get that one okay. celebrate that one loudly. You know, like it's, it's, okay. it's the same thing I would say of people, right. You find there are, there are going to be 10 awful eggs in the basket. Find that one really awesome one that you're like, you got it. Like you get it and celebrate that one. You might not buy that one, but celebrate that one and then take that one and show it to everybody else. Like, look at this awesome egg, right? And, and kind of do it that way. Cause I think that people just in general today are kind of just tired of hearing what's bad. Um, and I think it's about time that, especially when it comes to this dynamic between marketing and security, and I would say experience, not just marketing. So customer experience and security, we've got a very finite period of time where we can make this connection work and really create differentiation for our organizations. And if we can't do that, if we can't make that connection work, we're just gonna keep spinning this wheel of, I'm gonna send 90 million emails out, I'm gonna get 90 million alerts, and we're gonna keep going down the path. So I would say, start with a compliment sandwich, show them a good egg, and maybe go have a beer. All right. Well, cool. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have. In fact, this is, I think, probably the longest episode we've had. I'm so sorry. No, it doesn't feel like it. It's, I'm the last. <laughs> Again, the levels of sarcasm and snark today, just <laughs> off the charts, immeasurable. And I love that. That's great. But we do have to wrap things up. So, hey, just a reminder for everybody out there, if you're still out there and you're still listening, if you made it this long, if you know somebody you'd like to see on the show, shoot me a message. Let me know. LinkedIn, well, maybe LinkedIn, Twitter, oh, wait, Twitter. I, okay, I hate all the social media, but social media is probably the best way. Twitter's the easiest still to get a hold of me, but get a hold of me. Shoot me a message. Let me know who you'd like to see on the show. Also, if you happen to know an organization who would really like to associate their brand with what we're doing here on Securing Bridges, I'd love to hear from them too. So that's all the time we've got for today. 
We're going to keep coming back at you with more episodes of Securing Bridges, but I appreciate you all tuning in, listening on the podcast, and we'll see you next time right here on Securing Bridges. Take care, y'all. Have a good one. Be good to each other, please, because, you know, that's about all we got left these days. All right. Thanks, Liz. We'll see y'all real soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Securing Bridges Podcast with Alyssa Miller. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.